Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Craft Beer Friends, a season eight, episode six of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man, also known as Drinking Eagle from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And what is in your glass? So that that, that Drinking Eagle thing is getting uh, <laughs> it's getting to the point where it's still funny every time, even though our discussion we had a couple episodes ago. Yeah, uh, it's like, you know, when I give out my Twitter handle at the end of every show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm doing really well. It was a, a long, tiring day of well, it was kind of quiet today, hmm. which I hated and loved all at the same time. Um, and uh, I was really looking forward to just taking the time to sit on here and chat about some beer with you today. That's right. And uh, in my glass tonight, I'm actually drinking a. Uh, uh, an Ohio beer from Wolf's Ridge Brewing. Nice. It's their uh, Coffee Vanilla Dire Wolf. And uh, Dire Wolf is one of their... Uh, I know a lot of people seek this beer out. And uh, I am sad to say that I'm a little disappointed, but I think this mm. might be my fault. Okay. This might be my fault. Now, this was bottled, if I remember the date correctly, um, May 21st of this year. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit old. It is a little on the older side. Uh, there is not much coffee flavor in here. There is a lot of roastiness to it that could mm-hmm. be from the coffee, but I don't really get any of those coffee flavors. The vanilla is definitely there, but um, this one's clocking in at about 10%. I've got oh, a, wow. whole, a whole, since we were going OG with no video recording, I went OG <laughs> for the 24-ounce bomber or whatever, 22-ounce nice. bomber. Right? Nice. Um, and it's still really good, really roasty, not super sweet. And the, uh, the vanilla, um, kind of offsets that roastiness a little bit. So I decided that this is going to be my, uh, sipper for the show. Okay. Um, I had, I had my last bottle of space dust, uh, for, with dinner and right before we got on from a lesion <laughs> and, um, and then I'm just going to sip on this beer while we're drinking and uh, talking this evening. So, but enough about me, Denny. What about you? How was your day? How are you doing today? And what's in your glass? Well, my day went fantastic and I'm doing well. Uh, I am a little disappointed because uh, even though our listeners don't know this, we are recording just 30 minutes early than normal. And we're not on Facebook today because Facebook no. was down. And uh, when it, it dun, did, dun, it, dun. Yeah, it did come back up. Uh, shortly before we start recording, but it sounds like there's still some issues with their 
with their services. And so we didn't want to do the live video yeah. uh, for this show. So that's why we are not live on video. But we are doing it 30 minutes early because I was supposed to have one of my Navy buddies come in, come through town today. And um, I want to make sure we were done recording before he he showed up. And he was already planning on coming through around 8 o'clock uh, our, our time here in, in Boise area. And he's doing some hunting in, in Laramie, Wyoming. And it looks like uh, he, he got a late start. I think he went out to go do last-minute hunting this morning. And he was hoping to leave Laramie by 10 a.m. so he can get to Boise by about 8 p.m. And it turns out that he probably didn't leave Laramie until noon or one o'clock because it's now uh, six o'clock ish uh, Boise time and he's just hitting the Wyoming uh, Utah border so it's mm. probably more like midnight eleven o'clock midnight and you know what sorry Mike but yeah that's way too late for me <laughs> uh, I mean even even nine o'clock would be late but I would I would do it and sacrifice it for for him I haven't seen him in I haven't seen him since his wedding and Which that was, was how long ago. That was over 20 years ago. Hmm. So, okay, I mean, so it's, it's been, been a, a long time, and I'm super looking forward to uh, to seeing him, even if it's only for an hour just to, to get together. But he is he did say that um, because he has another tag that he, ha- he needs to fill, that he will be making another trip out towards the Wyoming-Montana border area, and he'll let me know. And in that, in that trip, he will focus on making sure he has enough time to spend a good quality session we could do some drinking too hopefully nice uh, and not just driving through because he was he was in a come stop visit with me and he was going to keep driving on through he lives in, huh. in dallas oregon and he was going to keep driving and that's another you know seven and a half eight hour maybe nine hour drive depending on how fast you're you're driving and, and what you're wow. what you're driving he might i don't know if he's driving a truck with uh with a camper in the back or what the deal is but sometimes you can't drive as fast as you can with a regular car no but yeah, so that's why uh, I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm I'm happy that uh, that at least we've we've reconnected and that now we have an opportunity to see each other in the future. So that, that's I'm I'm staying on a high note. And with that being said, I am drinking a local Boise beer. It's called it's from Willen Empire Alecraft, and it's called Old Boise Brand Lager, and it's got this nice old timey label, and um, I've. Yeah, looks what's, very Milwaukee's best. Yeah, it looks like Milwaukee's best, but in a uh, different color scheme, slightly different. This is more <clears> gold, <throat> gold and yellow with a little red trim, like like red and black uh, trim on it. it looks really mm-hmm. nice, uh, and the beer itself is really, you know, really clear. It's a hazy. It's a little bit fuzzy glass, a little sweaty glass, but really nice. Uh, this is sixteen ounce cans. They and they're selling it for seven. Forty nine, it's like like under eight dollars for a, a six, six pack of sixteen ounce cans of this lager. Wow! I couldn't wow. pass it up, and I think I'm just going to go buy a bunch more because this is a really good lager, clean, refreshing, easy drinking. You you drink one, you just want to drink another one. Mm. Uh, it's it's a very good beer, and I'm I'm glad that not only is it available uh, as as a local offering, but it's a it's a good beer and right now super cheap so bring it on right. yeah i mean you can't really get much better than 750 yeah. eight bucks for a six pack for of a, a six pack of 16 ounce cans that's yeah, great that's, that's awesome yeah so so that's one beer i'm drinking i will also be breaking out uh boneyard beer out of bend i i think we mentioned 
briefly a, a few months ago that they were bought out by uh, Deschutes. Maybe not bought out. They they combined forces, like had a union. Uh, they're both Bend Breweries, and Deschutes decided to take take on Boneyard Beer. Now Boneyard Beer has the the luxury of uh, being distributed with Deschutes distrib- distribution. So they are now in Boise, um, and they're having a the, the the problem right now is that you have to go to different places to get different beers. So mm. uh, I I just picked up a six pack of the RPM IPA, which is their flagship IPA. So I'll be drinking that later in the show as well. So yeah, and and uh, Oktoberfest from Sierra Nevada. I keep buying six packs of that. Sierra Nevada. That's the best Oktoberfest right that's right now that I, I can drink that I really enjoy. I think I mentioned that before on And that's we did the tasting notes on that. Well, you did the tasting yeah, notes on that yeah. one a couple of uh, episodes ago when I was out playing COVID. That's right. Uh, and that's couldn't right. taste anything. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And mm. so have you had a chance to pick up this Oktoberfest? No. no. I I've been doing a um so I kind of go in ebbs and flows. Like uh, I'll lean on Tavor a lot to get stuff fill up the cooler, you know, maybe with stuff that I can't get like this dire wolf that I'm drinking that came from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll get away from Tavor cause you know, money. It's, yeah, it's expensive. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, then I'll start leaning more towards local stuff. Like, uh, I think I was drinking Berry house stuff mm-hmm. last, um, last episode or, um, you know, I'll, I actually, I went into my local total wine and more the mm-hmm. other day, decided to buy um, some old beer. Actually, <laughs> what I bought, usually, Denny, I wouldn't buy. I bought two <laughs> bottles of lunch from okay. Maine Brewing. And it was fresh? And it was fresh. Oh, okay. It was brewed. Um, it was bottled on September 21st. And I went, I, I have to. Oh, nice. It was. I think it was like uh, eight bucks for a 500 milliliter bottle, or it might even be a little bigger than that. But I said, I, I have to buy it. D- didn't Jeff Seiler or somebody mention that, that they might be doing some some brewing or bottling in the North Carolina area or something like that? Or did someone mention that main brewing? Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking, maybe I, maybe I'm dreaming it. It oh, seemed like somebody so mentioned. Jeff, Jeff was talking about getting, um, magnanimous brewing. Oh yeah. Uh, his did, way, which is here yeah. in Tampa. Yeah. He did have magnanimous magnanimous. I, I was thinking he said something about main brewing too, or something. Maybe I'm mistaken. I probably am, but Hey, well, if, if, if they are, let us know Jeff or, um, or Mike Allen as well, but Mike's in Georgia, I guess. Yeah, Mike's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he he, he might, might know. Get, yeah, he might, he get, might the, get some of it out there. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what, Chris, we've been chatting quite a quite a bit. We haven't even started the show, so let's get the show started. But like always, before we get into the meat of the show, I always want to let any new listener to Tap the Craft Podcast know what we are all about. We are an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 188, recording on Monday, October 4th, 2021. And we are not live on Facebook tonight, as I already mentioned, but we are normally live on Facebook on the Monday before we release a show. And if you want to join in uh, and and watch the show being made and comment uh, in the uh, in the comments so we can go ahead and read your comments as we record uh, you can do that just join us on facebook on the monday before we record and in this episode we are going to discuss the history of home brewing um and i was kind of uh 
I was kind of at a loss for a topic I wanted to do. Although we will talk about Jeff, talk about Jeff Seiler. He did leave us um, some feedback, but before I read the feedback that he left us, I had already come up with this topic. So I figured I'll just keep, I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. But when we get to his feedback email, he has a pretty good idea, and I think we can okay. do some stuff with with that. So I've got your uh, I've got your topic for next episode too. By the way, oh okay, G A B F. No, because it uh, it kind of I mean we normally do a G A B F, but they did kind of a weird thing and they combined the the homebrewers I think the homebrewers of conference whatever and the and the beer awards and it was kind of like a under the table type thing and. And because Idaho didn't win any medals, I just don't want to talk oh, about it. Oh, there's the answer. There's the answer. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if the you want to put, comes if out. you want to put together the show, Chris, by all means, put together the show and we'll do it. But uh, I'm not going to waste my time on it. Because <laughs> Idaho didn't win anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I figured, look, we don't even have to do a whole show on it. I think just touching on a couple of the okay. uh, couple of the states, I know, I'm sorry we won't be touching on Idaho because... <laughs> They lost. I, well, I, I just don't know if how many people put in for it. Yeah. Again, it's well, during this weird I, time. I, I will work on getting you some uh, some info about this year. Okay. And we'll do a little, how about we do a little snippet on it maybe yeah, next episode. Yeah, we'll do a small segment on it for sure. Okay. We'll, we'll combine it with maybe a segment that, that Jeff mentioned. So we'll do like a, yeah. a couple mini segments. All right. And uh, Chris and I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, William Schlimmer, and Amanda and Kevin Argauer, who are our virtual producers. And Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad LaMassa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Eric Rowley, who want to buy us a virtual beer. And if you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying as a virtual beer, or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. And as I already mentioned, Jeff Seiler wrote us an email. Chris, you want to go ahead and read what Jeff Seiler had to say? Certainly. So Jeff wrote us and he said, I just listened to episode 186 on New World Hops. Excellent show, guys. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, the hop descriptions were great, especially the different flavor profiles. Now I know what hops to look for if I want tropical, citrus, or even cedar, mint, and coconut. That's right. Yeah, that, was a, that was a pretty cool hop. <laughs> yeah. And some other newish hops like cashmere, strata, enigma, and rewaka. Waka waka. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of other episodes, if you're ever looking for a show topic, you could do like Sesame Street and say... <laughs> The next show will be brought to you by the letter A, for instance, he said. Then you could talk about breweries and beers you both like that start with the with the letter. And folks watching and listening could chime in with their favorites, too. It could be fun. There. That's 26 episodes for you. <laughs> A whole year of Tap the Craft, literally. That is an entire year. Yeah. Uh, today's show is brought to you by the letter A. Okay. Anyways, hope everyone is well and healthy. And just know your listeners do appreciate all the work it takes to get these podcasts out. Cheers, guys, and thanks. Well, cheers, Jeff, and thank you for the feedback. Yeah, cheers. Raise that glass there, Chris. Well, I would do it when you and I can see it. I'm so used to doing it now. <laughs> I know. I know. No uh, one can see what we're doing, but maybe you'll ooh. release the video on uh, YouTube. I mean, I do have it. Yeah. You know if what? You... I'm, uh, I'm, I'm backed up on You're videos. backed up, but we can just start fresh from this one, maybe. 
just because we didn't okay. give them the live. They don't have the live thing to look at. But but I think this is a great idea. And how come I didn't think of it? We had to have a listener come up with this fantastic idea, even if they're not full-blown segments uh, as a whole brew buzz. This would mm-hmm. be great to add in some content that we can provide a mini segment, just like you were going to do with the Great American Beer Fest. Yeah. And we can we can go through the whole alphabet and and name a couple breweries and a couple beers uh, that that start with the letter A, B, C, whatever. It might get tough when it comes to X and Z, V and Z and Well, Z I got Z. That one's easy. There's one here in Tampa. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I don't use that one. But for me, it uh, might, it'll be tough because I don't have any Z breweries Q. That, that I do. Yeah, Q <laughs> might be tough. So great, great idea. And we are going to take this up. And starting next episode, we will have a segment. For the letter A. So okay, well, here's the question then, because okay. I, I automatically thought, okay, well, maybe you don't have that brewery name that starts with the letter X. Mm-hmm. Do you, are, are we going to just combine it and say, well, hey, we'll do if we can do a brewery, great. If not, let's default to a beer and then talk about the brewery associated with that beer. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. We, I mean, we'll uh, kind of let, have to play it by ear. Yeah, let's play it by ear. And if you if we have a a brewery and a beer name that starts with the thing, we'll each give it. If not, we'll okay. talk about a the beer name, but we'll yeah we'll mention the brewery and maybe go into little details on that. We'll do a little small segment on the breweries too. Kind of gives us a little mini brewery spotlight. I won't go full depth into the background, but we can at least go okay. uh, now. Can you do that, Chris? If you come up with your breweries. Are you willing to just get a little small snippet of uh, little details behind that brewery? I mean, just getting information to yeah. put into our notes? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. That's that's a deal. We'll do it. Okay. All right. Well, that's our feedback for this show. Short and sweet, but it was mm. packed full of 26 episodes worth of content. So I really appreciate that. But if you want to be like Jeff and leave your comments, which were fantastic, or questions, or just give us some show ideas, you can do that very easily through email like Jeff did at tapsacraftgmail.com or follow us on Twitter or Instagram and add us at tapsacraft. And of course, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tapsacraft, you can go ahead and, and, and add us. What, what is that? What do they do when they tag you or whatever? How's it? What's it called in Facebook when they, 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 they put tap to craft in their posts? Yeah. So they tag us in it. They yeah. tag it. Yeah. Tag so us. They, they, Tag us at Tap the Craft. You can or give us a mention uh, if you just put the what's the at symbol uh, mm-hmm. and then start typing Tap the Craft podcast. It should auto populate and pop up. You click it and then we get a notification for it. Yeah, yeah. So lots of ways to go ahead and get your feedback. And of course, I don't want to forget to say if you want your voice on the air and be part of the recording, you can do that by calling our voicemail not, number. 208-536-3359, or if it's easier for you to remember, 208-53-ODDLY. And if you don't have something to write down, don't worry. Just open up the info on your podcast player, and at the bottom, you'll find, or in, in, the, in the notes there, you'll find our, our voicemail number. Just, or go check out our Facebook page. And, or, and that yeah. actually, the, the information's there, too. That's that true. It's the me, phone though. number. Yeah, it's the phone number. Yeah. So if you just go to our info... The phone number you call is our voicemail number. So just go to you, Facebook and push the button. You can click it right on your phone. Yeah. That also reminds me, Denny, we still need to do a giveaway for our last gift card with Brewer shirts. We do. We do. So uh, th- think of it, Chris. Maybe by the end of the show, you can announce what it is and we can put it in motion. I'm going to make it up as I go. Yeah. Around. Yeah. That's pretty much what I we do got, with life. We, we got time. We got time. <laughs> All right, Chris. 
Well, let's continue the conversation because now it is time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. So remember, guys, if you want us to read your check-ins on Untapped, make sure you follow me. You should follow Denny, too, but you should follow me so I can read these. Uh, follow me on Untapped at MCK1345. Denny, I've got some really cool news about my personal Untapped account. Uh-oh. I am six beers away from... A thousand? 2,500. Oh, damn. Yeah. Big boy. Uh, yeah. Holy well, smoke. I'm, a, I'm almost at 3,000 <laughs> check-ins, but almost nice. a couple more. To, after I check in this beer that I'm drinking tonight, I'll be five away. And uh, I'm trying to pick out. I've got a couple of special beers that mm. I'd like to crack open and, and enjoy. But, you know, I, you're I, all the way in Boise. And I don't, yeah. You know. I, I feel like I've been at 4,300 unique check-ins for like three years. <laughs> It seems like yeah. you're, I'm checking in a lot of beers, but my number never goes up. It stays it, it, right well, there. Well, once you start getting past that 1,000 mark, it feels like it sits that way. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at it six months later and go, oh, wow, I've, uh, I've got, a, got a few more on the, on the list. Mm-hmm. So let's start from 21 hours ago, since we were talking about magnanimous brewing. Uh, Mr. David Campbell right here in Tampa, he's checking into a Truth or Consequences by Magnanimous Brewing. And I'm going to read through a lot of these quickly, guys. David did not leave ratings oh. or notes. Oh my gosh. As usual. Come on. But hey, man. he checked into that. Look. <laughs> he checks into beers like uh like Ariel Druck does. Mm. Not as not as much, but yeah. um he checks into a few of them. So I'm gonna go through these kind of quickly. Um also next on the list, Mr. Matt Knight, skinny Matt, uh is drinking a dry hopped German pills by three heads brewing. And he said, crisp with a bready flavor and a bit of hops on the end. Went great with dinner earlier tonight. It looks like dinner was sausage and banana pepper pizza. Um, Moving on up. I'm curious about this beer, but this flavor has... Oh my gosh, I have a fun little story to tell you about this flavor. He's drinking a Death by Flapjacks by Oscar Blues Brewery. Now... I'm curious to know about death by flapjacks because <laughs> what's the other beer that they do? That's death. Oh, death by coconut. Oh, is this iron horse? No, this is Oscar blues. No, no, no. Death by, Oh, death by coconut. You're right. You're right. Uh, they do the, the uh, death by coconut. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Matt wrote, wow. Nice sweet maple flavor. That isn't overbearing. That's what I'm looking for with maple flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a hint of vanilla, a hint of vanilla. Damn near tastes like I'm having a pancake. <laughs> Excellent beer while playing some Halo Infinite with some buddies. Four and a half caps for that beer. Now, the fun story about dinner this evening, Megan Megan went to our local grocery store, or as people know it here in Florida, Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Um, she bought this seltzer mix pack. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Oh, is it, Oscar, is it the Wild Basin? No, oh. Wild Basin's good. I prefer. I like that one. And it was, I think it, I want to say it was like a Bud Light seltzer mix oh. pack, but it was based <laughs> off of all fall flavors. And what she said got her was that the box was decorated like red and black flannel, like the brawny paper towel guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And nice. she said that caught my eye. And, you know, she's, I, I lovingly tell her she's a basic bitch all the time because she is all about pumpkin spice. Her and Tina are getting ready to go to Salem in a couple of days to, you know, go have their girls trip and experience fall and Ugg boots and all that kind of fun stuff. Okay. Um, but anyway, the, the beer she, the beers she had 
This one that she drank tonight was a maple and pear seltzer. Okay. Right off the bat, Denny, I, uh, my brain automatically went maple and pear. Eh, probably not. Look, I, there are a lot of things that I've tried in my life. This will not be one. Of, I, well, I, ha- I tried it. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. Um, it tasted like artificial sweeteners, yeah. the most fake maple flavor you could ever come up with. Uh, and and pear there was no pear no, it was probably yeah. apple juice yeah, yeah um yeah and no it was the most it was awful uh if i was going to rate it on untapped i wouldn't so pear is a great flavor i i like pear in beer mm-hmm. but it's so subtle that it it's like super delicate and you need yeah. to have it, it it needs to be enough to be present right and i i've never had the seltzers so i don't i can't speak to it but what i've heard is a lot of people just say it's like carbonated, lightly like spritzed uh, yeah. juice, and, and it's very just, just carbonated bubbles. Basically, is all it is. And mm-hmm. so, getting pear to show up in that, it would be an act of God, you know, dumping a pear like a a, a, a bunch of pear extract into a yeah. into a bottle to be able to get enough pear flavor out of that. It'd but, probably be great on its own. Yeah. But then you yeah, but the maple, maple on top Yeah, the of maple, no. yeah, will give it an artificial sweetness no. to it. Yeah, that wouldn't be it good. It was gross. Yeah. So two thumbs way down for that one. <laughs> uh, as my friend uh, friend Dan Charlie would say, I'd trash it. Well, is, uh, is, there, is there a cinnamon apple version? I don't know. I don't remember all the flavors that were in it. Yeah, and, I, think, uh, I think that would be a good winter, fall, you know, seltzer right cinnamon apple i'll uh i'll text apple you cinnamon. a picture next time i <laughs> next time i think about it so we can make fun of her about it okay um tom burn is drinking a hot tub lifeguard by bale breaker brewing company uh three and a half caps for that beer no notes on that one but he's also drinking a big chungus by workforce brewing company mm. called he just said weekend beers 20 hours ago yeah that would have been sunday i guess <laughs> Or early, early morning Monday. Uh, four and a quarter caps for that beer. He also checked into a KBS Espresso from this year. Oh. Um, and then gave that one four and a quarter caps. Just wrote, and some from a, some from a last week. Sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving on up the list. David Martin is drinking a Mexican Cake 2020 by Westbrook Brewing Company. Still good from a can. That, that, and is he, in, is he in Florida? Uh, I'm not sure where he is. I mean, Westbrook's I a Florida know. Miami brewery, right? That is not correct. It's not a Westbrook is I, not Miami. So David Martin's in Greer, South Carolina. If okay, his, if his profile is accurate, uh, Westbrook. I want to say Westbrook is like Texas, like Midwest somewhere. I could have, I could have swore it was Miami, but we're both wrong. Oh. Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Oh, there it's it's a local. So you were closer. <laughs> yeah, you were closer. Uh, but the uh, Mexican cake is good. I've had that one before. I've heard oh, about man. it. I, I've heard the Mexican cake before. I think I've probably heard it from you. It might have been because yeah. it was. Uh, I know it's definitely one that. I've sought out and tried to pick up, and so it's pretty good. Uh, still good from a can, four and a half or four and a quarter caps for that that beer. He also checked into a beer by Tripping Animals, which is in here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Men in gray suits, which the oh. can art is pretty cool. It's got some uh, sharks underwater swimming around oh, on the can. Oh yeah, gray suits. But, nice. uh, 
cartoon, uh, cartoony looking, animated looking. Uh, three and three quarter caps for that one. Will D, this is a good boat beer if it's fresh. Tropicanon by Heavy Seas Beer out of Baltimore. Uh, four and a quarter caps for that beer. No notes to go. Oh, he did write notes as the comment. Uh, perfect after surf session beer. Did we go surfing? Well? Wow. He's in Jacksonville. A little late okay. for that, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so if he's in Jacksonville, he'd be on the uh, Atlantic coast. So I'd put him like right by like shark capital of the world okay. near Smyrna Beach. Um, Mike Allen's doing a lot of drinking today at the Taco Mac, as he always does. Um, some highlights is going to be the Rowdy and Proud by Three Taverns Brewery. Nice and clean with a subtle hop character and bitterness. Simple. Yet satisfying. It's a four cap rating from him. He also got one beer that he labeled average. Mm. Hop Legends North New England IPA by Iron Shield Brewing. Mm. Um, Moving on up his list. Galactose by Gate City Brewing. Odd interplay of citrus and berry notes, but very enjoyable. Four cap rating. And uh, he got one. Yep. So that was, he's got a little bit of everything in there, but those were kind of the highlights of what he had. Um, Robert, or as we like to call him, chew your beer is drinking a TDH, which is triple dry hops <laughs> with uh, a Zaka general Sherman IPA oh. uh, by Tioga Sequoia brewing company. Yeah, out of Fresno. And he just writes, he just writes, thanks. Wazoo Corvette. I, I guess that's a friend. Gotta be. <laughs> uh, four and a quarter caps for that beer. That's a hell of a name to go along with it, though. Uh, and triple dry hopped. I mean, it's... Uh, it's, it's a little much. I don't think I need... I, I don't need triple dry hops. I think one dry hop is usually sufficient. Two is sometimes better. Three might be overkill. Just well, I, I also wonder, too, is, uh, you know, being that we're getting into autumn, Denny, are you... You getting any uh, fresh hopped beers? I'm getting a whole lot of fresh hop. I'm waiting for you to mention somebody having a fresh hop beer, but all the beer, everyone you're mentioning is, well, Robert is in California, so he's at least close by the Pacific Northwest to get some fresh hop stuff. But honestly, it's unless you're in a hop growing area, you're not going to get fresh hop beers uh, unless unless a major regional brewery is making them and distributing them out. So it's going to be tough. Yeah. I, I feel very lucky because I've got hop fields in Idaho and we have a ton of fresh hop beers. But Well, interestingly enough, we're we're starting to produce hops here in Florida too. <laughs> moldy, Seriously, okay. Moldy here's, hops? No, come on. Fun, cannot, here's a fun fact for you. You cannot grow hops in Florida unless it's inside. This is not the, this is not the Yakima <laughs> Valley, okay? But did you know that... Florida is now the second largest producer of blueberries in the, in the country. We can grow things down here like that and we can grow them year round. And guess what? We couldn't produce blueberries before. Okay. Well, now. Well, yeah. Been... It's genetically modified stuff making yeah. it possible, but yeah. hops, you can't have mildewy hops. It's not going to work and getting wet, like soaking wet every day. I don't know. It seems like it's too, you live in the Pacific Northwest. Have you seen the fog that rolls through there? No, there's no fog. Get out of here. We're fog free. You're fog free. <laughs> yeah, your brain's fog free. <laughs> no, all the hops are grown in the desert area. Because keep really? in mind, yeah, keep in mind that Washington, Eastern Washington, Eastern Oregon, okay. and 
and all of Idaho pretty much is a desert. As so, Idaho is a highland desert, and then there's rock, there's Rocky Mountain areas that have you know some high hills. Uh, Eastern Oregon, from Bend on, is all highland desert as well, and same okay. with with uh, Washington State and Eastern Washington. So that's where all the hops are being grown. So on the west east east side of the Cascade Mountains is all desert. Oh, that's why I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, normally, from what I know, is that the uh, the hops will also grow in regions that produce a lot of wines too. So True. normally, when yeah. I picture wine producing regions, I mean, we used to there used to be pretty good wines produced when we lived in Ohio, and you know there was mountain areas and just really lush green places. But then I also think of things like Napa Valley and and things like that. So I just automatically assumed that uh, they'd be producing hops in very similar situations. But maybe that would be some kind of hybrid hops just because if you guys are producing hops in a more desert area Mm -hmm. and then they're producing hops in places like Ohio that does have a fair amount of moisture, at least in the summer, I don't know. Maybe there's some... uh, It just means that you're... It just means that the the growing cycle is shifted, right? It's, it's sure. like you got a different growing. You go and grow certain hops that are able mm. to grow fast during that time frame and not linger in between. And maybe there's, you know, maybe there is a uh, a hop strain that will do well in Florida. I just I don't know. It just seems like it's way too moist. Uh, I mean, it's hot. No, it, it has I extremes, totally right? You, you get that. You're gonna get that rain every day at four thirty. And then it's going to heat up, and it's just going to be like a—I don't know—it's going to—it just seems like it's a tropical nightmare for hops. Jenny, but. there's a hop grower <laughs> one county north of us. <laughs> okay, I don't so, know. I could okay, be—I well, could be completely wrong. I look. I, we got to learn somehow. Yeah, I want you to go visit. How, how far? One hour. Um, Make a road so trip. It's in, it's in Dade City. Oh, there's a website. Dade City uh, on a good day is 40, 45 minutes from us. So I don't know. I I'd go do that. So you should have some fresh hop beers then. <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> I bet you go to that area. There's probably a brewery that does have a fresh hop beer. If there's the, not, the... man, they need to get on it. Yeah. We got totally sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, we certainly did. Uh, next on the list, Mr. William Schlemmer is drinking a Mr. Stout's Raberhood by Lakefront Brewing or Lakefront Brewery. Um, great balance. Bourbon notes are pleasing, but not dominant. And 11.3% ABV that goes down smooth with no booziness, some sweetness, but not cloying. Four and a half caps for that beer. He purchased that at Ray's Liquor. Now, mm. Denny, do mm-hmm. you remember Ray's Liquor? That's where Wuck Finter came from. That's right. Yeah, it's a beer store, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. We never found out for sure, but I'm assuming it's a beer store. Yeah, that's where the this beer right here for our video watchers. <laughs> Which is just you and I for right now. Um, I, I'm saving this bottle. It's awesome. No, that's a cool bottle, especially it's like the short and stubby one. Uh, William, if you would be so kind, sir, as to please give our phone number a call <laughs> and see if you can't explain that. Like, yeah, what's Ray's Liquors? Is is that your Ray's beer liquor? store? Or... Tell us a little more about it. Yeah. Um, in continuing his check-in streak for I don't know how many freaking shows in a row now, Chad Lamasa is drinking a Snyder, a Snyder beer. A pretzel martin. Oh. By Captain Lawrence Brewing Snyder, um, you know, the pretzel company. Yeah, but I hope it's not pretzels uh, in it. 
uh, look, you, I mean, no, what, I goes, no, what, no. what goes better with a good Oktoberfest but a nice salty pretzel? I agree with that. I would love to see him make a Martin that has a pretzel character to it naturally through the grains. Okay. And not well, just throw this... a bunch of Snyder pretzels in there and call it a pretzel beer. That, that's kind of... So there are no notes on the untapped page, but the most recent check-in from this person who checked into this beer, solid, wasn't expecting any notes of pretzel, but it's definitely there. <laughs> it's, Look, just a bready, a pre- it's just a bready notes, right? And, right, and, and maybe... Right. Uh, and it's definitely like a the color of a pretzel. Mm-hmm. It's got the, you know that yeah, uh, that, that that light amber. brown to it. Yeah, yeah. That. Um, but yeah, but but Chad wrote seemed like just seemed like a normal Oktoberfest at first, <laughs> but there is some salt on the finish. Okay, giving it a little bit of a pretzel vibe. Four cap rating. I mean, look, if I can get it, uh, Captain Lawrence. We see Captain Lawrence here. Yeah, no, um, I, I would so. drink it if again, like I said, if it if it was truly a beer that was brewed in a way that gave you the flavor of like pretzels with a little bit of salt in there. I could dig that. Mm-hmm. I just don't want, I don't want to hear it, uh, any more beers that people put cereal and junk in. I'm done with that. <laughs> None of those beers are good. Not one of them have I ever tried. And I've tried a few here locally that are done. I've given up. I, I refuse. If I see that any adjunct has added like cereal, I just not going to buy it. I'm not going to get it taste or anything well, no, i don't care denny you and i are very much uh just like i have ebbs and flows with mm-hmm. buying from tavor let's buy locally buying from tavor let's buy locally <laughs> you and i are very much in a let's just have some beer flavored yeah, beer kind yeah, of stuff right yeah, now yeah and i'm totally all about that um you know the most adjuncts that i have right now coffee and vanilla and i'm slacking in coffee, coffee. <laughs> Yeah, and right now there is no coffee. It dropped out. Um, yeah, coffee is one of yeah. those ones you have to drink that beer fairly quick or it starts to lose that coffee flavor very, very quickly. Okay, the hop farm is 50 minutes from the house. It sounds like the family's going to have to take make a, a make a tour. Make, yeah. Take a trip. Yeah. Go make a trip and, and, and tour take, it. Take a trip to the hop farm. Okay, uh, I got a couple more to go here, and then we're going to call it John W.C. is drinking a Spooky Tooth Imperial Pumpkin Ale. And I say it that way because my buddy Josh used to say it like that. Uh, from Fathead's Brewery. Decent syrupy and malty with good cinnamon spice and creamy vanilla. Four cap rating for that beer. Uh, spooky to- or I'm sorry, Fathead's out of Ohio. I gave that beer a 3.75 a couple of years ago. Mr. Jeff Seiler is drinking the Polliner, Polliner, how the hell we say that now, uh, the <laughs> Oktoberfest beer. And he says, delicious Oktoberfest, malty bread, and so crushable. You get a great deal with this beer. You get a Polliner Oktoberfest mug and a liter can of beer, which is two pints. That fits perfectly inside the mug. And it only costs seven fifty. Really? $7.50. You get a whole liter along with a cup, I, a mug, I, a glass. I saw one of those boxes at the co-op, and I didn't even look at it because, man, I have enough damn mugs of... <laughs> I just don't have anywhere to put it. So but for seven fifty, I would buy it for seven fifty. And look, give the mug to somebody. I yeah. don't know, but it, what what I uh, what I found is that when, uh, when I'm realizing that I have too many glasses, Denny, I, I find the ones that are starting to fade mm-hmm. work their way out or have just sat in the back of the, the cabinet and i get rid of them 
Yeah. So I have more room for new cups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to rotate my cups through. So I, I, I even busted out this last week. I busted out my one of my old Samuel Adams uh, pint Ooh. glasses. I had two of them. I had a 20 ounce one and a 16 ounce one, and Sarah, or 24 ounce one, whatever the bigger one was. Sarah broke that one, but I still have the 16 ounce one <laughs> that's still, this, I had that beer glass for like 15 years, I think. Wow. I've had it for a long time, but I even yeah, broke that's... that one out this week because I wanted, I'm just trying to rotate through some old glasses. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice. You get a little uh, nostalgia to go along with it. Mm. Um, Eric Gronley, it's, I love it because it's Oktoberfest season. Eric Gronley is drinking a Rocktoberfest by Bald Man Brewing at a GHQ. And what we all found out was that is Gronley headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> Flavor is caramel and baked bread, light spice on the hops in in the finish prost. Four cap rating on that beer, and I'm going to refresh for the fun of it. And that's what everybody's drinking. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about what I'm drinking. I am now drinking the Boneyard Beer RPM IPA Old School West Coast IPA. Nice, big, citrus, piney notes. Everything you want on the West Coast, a little bit of dankness in there too, with some little bit of resin, but not overly resiny, not sticky, not too sticky, not cloying, just a fantastic beer. I even taste a little bit, maybe even some melon in there. What's up with that? That's that's a good flavor that yeah. I don't get in a lot of hops. Well, yeah. kind of like our New World section of hops that we were talking about the other day. You don't get a lot of melon flavors in those. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, but not not as much as we used to, especially with those, you know, those West Coast hops. Yeah, but uh, again, um, Boneyard Beer. I've mentioned them many times on the on the podcast, and now they're distributing to Boise. So you'll be hearing me talk a lot more about the beers. The problem is, is I've already had all these beers because <laughs> we, you know, we I stop by every time I drive through Bend when I'm in Oregon. I always go through and we stop at, at Boneyard and drink. So I've had. A, Pretty much most of their beers that they uh, that they offer, but it doesn't matter. I'm now going to buy them in six packs and enjoy them, you know, while I'm drinking my other stuff. So I'm happy. I'm very happy. Okay, Chris. Well, now it's time for the brew buzz, and the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer related topics. And this week, as we already mentioned, we will be talking about the history of home brewing in the United States, the U.S. Not in other countries, just in the U.S., because this is a fairly young country. <laughs> so um, now this information can be found all over the Internet. And I took the information that we're going to be talking about from four different sites, mainly. And if I took information of a decent amount from any of these, I, I went ahead and listed them. So there's four of them. Um, a Brief History of American Homebrewing, the Foundation of Craft Beer, this is an article that was on vinepair.com, written by Kat Wolinski. The History of Homebrewing in America, Part 1 and Part 2, found on the Adventures of Homebrewing website, written by David Ackley. The American Homebrewers Association celebrates 40 years of homebrewing, found on the Brewers Association website. And the last one, The Day Homebrewing Was Legalized, found mm. on Craft Beer and Brewing website, written by Libby Murphy. So a lot of different articles that kind of cover a lot of the topics that we'll be discussing in this segment. So first off, 
we need to answer a couple questions, common questions that get asked about homebrewing in America. Now, this this was kind of mentioned when the show you missed when Jim came on and helped me out with the Sam Adams, not Sam Adams, the Sierra Nevada beer tasting <laughs> segments. Um, we kind of somehow we got on the conversation of homebrewing and when it was legalized and everything. And I, I was pretty adamant that it was Jimmy Carter at, in 1978 or whatever I said. Eisenhower? Um, no, Jimmy Carter. Well, let's just go Sorry. ahead. I, go ahead. I, I was just <laughs> thinking out loud again. All right. So is home, is home brewing legal? Just ask these, just get these questions out of the way right now. Yes. Home brewing is legal in the U S as long as you brew less than 100 gallons per adult, 200 gallons per household. So if you have more than one adult brew home brewing, that sure. household can only do a max of 200 gallons per year. Uh, you can drink your homebrew yourself. You can even share it with your friends and trade it with other homebrewers. But keep in mind, it is illegal to sell your homebrew without a license. Not illegal to trade for not, it. Though. Not to trade, but to sell it. Yeah. So you can't so, you can't be giving p- people tickets to come in and drink your beer. No, I can sell you I, or I can trade you this pencil <laughs> for 50 bucks and then I can give you this pack of or this okay. keg of beer. Okay. Yeah. So whatever whatever you can work out, just so you know. <laughs> All right. And the second question that gets asked by a lot of people that are you know that is uh new to home brewing is is home brewing safe? So beer has been brewed and consumed for centuries as a way of making sure water is safe to drink. Homebrew might make you feel the effects of the alcohol within, but it will not do serious harm when consumed responsibly. Key key phrase, when consumed responsibly. responsibly. It can still kill you if you drink too much. But if you drink it in moderation, it won't kill you at least right away. Any mistakes made during the brewing process will not produce life-threatening side effects due to them being eliminated during the brewing process. The acidity and alcohol in the finished beer further reduces any harmful reactions. Homebrewed beers are still susceptible to infection from poor sanitations and errant bacteria. These will not harm you, just make the beer unpleasant to drink. If the beer smells or tastes odd, it is best to dispose of it and start over. And that's a sad day. Yeah, that's a, it's a sad day. But the key is, is, is unlike moonshine or, or distilling, mm-hmm. home distilling, that will make kill you. Make you blind, son. Yeah, that, that can kill you, make you. I mean, it can make you blind, but it can also kill you uh, if you mm-hmm. drink too much of the bad alcohol that's, that, that's in there. So um, that is dangerous. This is not as dangerous. The worst you can get is maybe get some runs, yeah. you know, maybe have some bad taste, maybe beer that you have to throw away. Uh, maybe exploding bottles, you know, things like that. That's not going to, uh, that might ruin your day, but it's not going to kill you or cause any, you know, long-term effects. So yes, home brewing is safe. All right, Chris, now that we got that out of the way, let's go into the early history of home brewing in the United States. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? Sure. Home brewing wasn't legal in all 50 states until 2013. Alabama and Mississippi were the last to take the plunge. This was 35 years after homebrewing was federally legalized and 80 years after the 1933 repeal of Prohibition. Brewing beer at home is not only a stepping stone for professional brewers, it is the very foundation on which the craft beer industry is built. I mean, hell, that's why John brews beer. Um, According to the director of the American Homebrewers Association, Gary Glass, 
Homebrewing began in America when English colonists first settled in the New World. However, far before Europeans arrived, studies showed indigenous peoples in Mexico were using grass akin to modern maize to make beer, as well as over 40 different alcoholic beverages from a variety of plant substances such as honey, palm sap, wild plum, and pineapple. That sounds like a hell of an Mm -hmm. IPA. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Indigenous people were indeed the first home brewers in the Americas. Early days of the American colonies, brewers malt was one of the most important commodities. The colonists carried copious amounts of malt and hops as well as beer. They brought it with them from Europe to the New World. Sanitation wasn't well understood, so beer, which is boiled in the brewing process, and other alcoholic beverages were considered safer to drink than water. Sweet. Mm -hmm. It was a matter of necessity to have a steady supply of beer. Gotta love that. I I grew up in the wrong century. (laughs) Um, Many households arriving from Europe brought along the necessary equipment for making beer at home. Numerous records show that the wealthiest families developed fairly sophisticated brew houses, though certainly there were families who were less well-off and who made do with more basic beer-making equipment. Mm -hmm. Many of the New World settlers set out immediately to find ingredients that could be used for brewing. This led many of them to discover the local maize, though it wasn't long before barley, wheat, rye, and hops were planted throughout the colonies. In the late 1700s and early 1800s, Thomas Jefferson wrote about the beer that was brewed at his home in Monticello, using the resources produced at his farm and in the surrounding area. Brewing at home was often the responsibility of women. In fact, Thomas Jefferson's wife brewed 15 gallons of beer every two weeks. Damn. Tommy could drink. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's pretty good. How long does it take you to get through five gallons of beer? Um, <laughs> 30 to 45 days. <laughs> yeah. when I, when, anytime I had a five-gallon keg, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. 40, 30, maybe 30 to 60 days, depending on how big of a beer it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is a lot. It's encouraging that female brewers today are growing in number, both on the professional and hobbyist level. When Prohibition, which was January 17th, 1920, which was the 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution came along, not only was the sale of alcohol illegal, but also making beer or wine at home. Home brewing was dead. Or was it? <laughs> Prohibition did little to stop homebrewing. It's estimated that Americans brewed over 700 million, with an M, (laughs) gallons of homemade beer in 1929. Yeah, is that amazing or what? That's a lot of beer, homebrewing. That's like, that's (laughs) insane. On December 5th, 1933, the 21st Amendment repealed Prohibition. Winemaking was legalized. However, the repeals legislation mistakenly left out the legalization of home beer making. So making your own beer with an ABV that was greater than 0.5%, so half a percent, (laughs) that remained illegal. Amazing, huh? How did they leave out home beer making? Wine was okay, but beer wasn't? You You put like... A piece of fruit in water and let it sit for two weeks outside. It'll ferment higher than yeah. a half a percent ABV. Yeah. So, 
fascinating, right? This is a nice little history lesson into, you know, in, into the, you know, beer home brewing in, in the colonies in the United States, uh, prohibition coming along and home brewing becoming huge illegally. Mm-hmm. So, and then prohibition ending and they forget to make home brewing legal. Amazing. How could that happen? How could that happen? <laughs> oh, we totally forgot to do that. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about the reemergence of homebrewing. So by the 1970s, America's breweries had grown, consolidated, and drastically reduced the variety of beer in the U.S., resulting in the dismal beer landscape that existed from Prohibition. It was up to the few remaining homebrewers to res- resurrect the lost beer styles and build interest in craft beer. On October 14, 1978, President Jimmy Carter signed Bill H.R. 1337 that explicitly legalized brewing beer at home and creating an exemption from taxation of that beer brewed uh, for personal use or family use. Two months later, the American Homebrewers Association, also known as the AHA, was founded by Charlie Papazian and Charlie Matson. Papazian is known as the godfather of homebrewing and industry in industrials in industry circles, and is also credited with founding the Brewers Association, which is also called the BA, and the Great American Beer Festival. During these early stages of the modern brewing renaissance, there were a number of resources published that allowed homebrewers to learn about brewing and beer styles. Papazian published The Complete Joy of Homebrewing in 1984. Several of the early brewing books are still popular today. Some states have some pretty prohibitive laws concerning homebrewers. While laws in some states are actively enforced and prosecuted, many times they are overlooked, which probably depends a lot on how much of a modern or how much of a problem they become in the community, complaints by other citizens, and other factors. One issue lawmakers say gets the way or uh, gets in the way of changing laws is that there are just so many people wanting to get new laws in the books and they have to prioritize. Homebrewers getting to brew might not be at the top of that list of laws to change, but they're also not at the top of the list of laws to enforce either. So, Chris, here's a bunch of different interesting laws. These are some interesting laws that have plagued or have been in the books for homebrewers mm-hmm. and craft beer lovers from the past and present. Now, this list was updated in like 2016, so there might be a few things that have changed, but for the most part, this is uh, still in effect. So Ooh. take that sip and then uh, start reading off some of these interesting state laws. I'm sure they're great, especially because I saw the I saw the state Utah <laughs> in one of them. So here we go. Some states allow brewers to do their thing but have restrictions on the alcohol by volume or the ABV or their alcohol by weight, ABW. There probably isn't an ABV inspector running from house to house with a hydrometer (laughs) to make sure brewers are in compliance. Like, really? Who's going to tell you that? I'm sorry, sir. You've made now 207 gallons of beer. It is now time for you to stop homebrewing and pay taxes (laughs) on the other seven gallons. Uh, However, you probably don't want to go live on Facebook to show off your super boozy 19% ABV <laughs> Imperial IPA because 120, 120 minute IPA is like the best. Um, <laughs> hope you and Kevin are doing well, Amanda. Uh, um, 
not uh, if you're in a state with ABV restrictions in Tennessee and Mississippi, it's illegal to brew anything more than 10% ABV in West Virginia, 12% Washington, DC, 14% in North Carolina, 15% South Carolina, 17 and a half Oklahoma, 3.2% alcohol by weight with the proper state issued permit. That surprises me with Oklahoma. Yeah, so I think this one is one that got reprised. I think Buck Buchanan mentioned that it got changed in the last home few years. Homebrewers, though. Yeah, right? but it's home it's, it's homebrewers and and actual craft breweries as well. Okay. I have to follow well, these. We'll, we'll look up. Yeah, we'll, so. when you get into yours, I'll start. Uh, okay. I'll start checking in on that. <laughs> Next one: uh, Utah didn't legalize homebrewing until 2009. Oklahoma, 2010, and Alabama and Mississippi until 2013. However, Mississippi still has cities and counties that are considered dry where no alcoholic beverages are allowed. So so it's interesting is that Oregon, uh, one of the towns I lived in in Oregon, Monmouth in uh, Oregon, it's a dry town. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if it's still dry today, to, today but it's, uh, it's basically Monmouth and Independence are side by side. Independence, you can drink and whatever, no big deal. You can buy and drink there. But Monmouth, which is literally one road separating them, you can't. And these are small towns of, you know, Less than 10,000 people. And there there. was always those guys that went, I can drink over here and I'm going to run across the street. Look at me. I'm drinking, breaking the law and run across the street again. But it was because Monmouth had the state educational college there. And that's why they were preventing, you know, they want to have a bunch of frat parties going on. And, you know, but it's just weird because when I grew up over there, I worked in a town in Monmouth and, and we'd all just go over to Independence, you know, and, and get wasted or whatever. And, and it was, yeah, it was fun. Okay. Oh, you just had to walk across the street and get wasted. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's continue on with some of these because these are getting good. In many states, you can brew up to 200 gallons. We talked about this mm-hmm. earlier of homebrew a year. If two adults live on the premises and only a hundred, if you're single, another reason to get married guys, mm-hmm. um, Connecticut allows for a hundred gallons for two person households and 50 gallons for one person households. <sighs> Connecticut's really kind of sticking it to yeah, you there. Man. Delaware doesn't have a requirement for the number of adult of adults who live in the household, but limits the brew capacity to 200 gallons. Okay. All right. Well, I hope my brother doesn't start homebrewing anytime <laughs> soon because it's just him and his wife. So he's got to keep it under 200 gallons. Brewers in Idaho, Denny, <laughs> you guys are restricted to using native grown products to brew with. They too, as you two are also restricted to a hundred gallons for a single person household and 200 gallons for a double person household. So when, which will never happen, you start home brewing, um, you're only allowed to make 200 gallons a year. Yeah. I, I probably won't make more than that, but it's funny that it's restricted to native grown products to brew with. I mean, so I don't think, again, laws that aren't adhered to. Who's going to come and verify your, that, that the malt you bought at the uh, homebrew shop, homebrew stuff, or Brewer's Haven? Uh-huh. I mean, they're not – I mean, they're buying stuff that's, uh, you know, outside of the area as well. Certainly. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, if, I, I don't know what laws are like in, in uh, Idaho. But, like, when I lived in Ohio, if you wanted to go buy things like fireworks mm-hmm. – when you walked into the shop, they said, okay, well, where are you taking these? Yeah. Where are you going to be setting going, these off? I'm going go, to Michigan. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, I'm going to Michigan. I'm going to West Virginia. Yeah. Okay. 
And if you walked in and said, oh, yeah, I'm just setting them off at the house, like over in the next town. And they go, OK, you have to leave. Yeah. yeah you're <laughs> so, not welcome here. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever come back. Um, Iowa has two classifications to consider. Beer is 5% ABW, which is that alcohol by weight or lower. Mm. And high alcoholic content beer is higher than <laughs> ABW. I feel like I'm reading like a spec sheet here. <laughs> If you're looking to get creative with your flavors, you'll want to check out the statute itself for restricted ingredients. They get pretty specific and forget having a homebrew bottle share. You can't exchange bottles at all, nor can you transport more than five gallons at a time. <laughs> I'm having a bottle share in Iowa just because I can. Yeah. Damn Bible. Belt. Um, geez. Uh, we've, we've got a training location there. I'll go see Ryan. <laughs> I have a beer share. Uh, Colorado lawmakers finally introduced House Bill 1084 that allowed those who are not head of household yeah. to brew beer. <laughs> <laughs> is it like the person who claims it on their taxes or is it just like the person who says that they are head of the yeah. household? Can that designation change from day to day? Well, they probably have a defined head of household, which oh, is also sure male of a certain age. And there's probably some oh, restrictions. Colorado, <laughs> you sexist bastards. All right. The family that brews together stays together. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Up until a few years ago, New Jersey homebrewers had to apply for and pay for a license. Of course they did. It's New Jersey. <laughs> from the state to brew a beer at home. The homebrew community rallied against that and it was repealed. Yeah. It's against the law in all states to use the United States Postal Service to send beer. I don't do that allegedly. <laughs> UPS and FedEx allow you to send it as long as you have a special permit to do so, which is limited to homebrewers who want to enter competitions or to those who just want to send a bottle or two to a friend. That's why. I don't send beer in the mail or through FedEx or UPS. Uh, I believe when William Schlemmer sent us gifts, he he wrote it down as olive oil and, <laughs> and certain things. So don't don't rat out Will. I, I look nothing. I didn't rat him out for anything. He sent us some wonderful, delicious olive oils that were wonderful accents to a lot of meals that I've made. I think they, I think he sent us some yeast samples. Well, there's yeast samples all around us, Denny. <laughs> the olive oil was fantastic. Yes, that, Thank that you, was, uh, yes. William. Um, which is limited to homebrewers. You want to send a, some to a friend. In fact, many states have restrictive transport laws. In Tennessee, you can't brew more than five gallons at a friend's house and then drive it home. For example, because any more than that is for purposes of distribution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's more restrictive. It's more restrictive than uh, than than marijuana, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, five gallons an ounce. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a little different. But so there's a lot of fun, fun laws. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and reading some of those, it it, it kind of irritated me to know that you know people's tax dollars went to developing things like that. <laughs> but hey, you know. Well, it was done way back in the 1800s, so sure. th the tax dollars were a lot less. It was like a dollar a year, you know, back <laughs> then, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, but that's, you know, thousands of dollars a year now with inflation. Yeah, true. All right. All right. Well, that is our topic of homebrewing history in the U.S. I hope you guys enjoyed it, 
and uh, be grateful that we do have this available to us now because even in 1933, it was illegal to brew beer until 78. All right. Mm. I'm, I'm pouring my last beer of the night. This is my Sierra I'm, Nevada Oktoberfest. Are you still nursing that? T- wow. I'm still, I'm still sipping on this stout. Look, man, I had 22 ounces of this to go through. Yeah. My bottle's empty, I think. Okay. Yeah, my bottle's empty. And as you can already tell, I've, I've had plenty, <laughs> plenty of beers um, that I'm, I'm just fine sipping on this thing. Okay, so Chris... It's now time for our new and early beer, but you mentioned before we started recording that it was a light session for you. You didn't yeah, have any... a lot of a lot of drinking or a lot of beers that I had this this past couple of weeks were either just you know I had to finish up all that space dust that was buy one get one free at the local Publix yes. where shopping is a pleasure, <laughs> um, and then everything else was you know stuff that I'd already checked in before, so I didn't really grab a hold of anything that was just oh my gosh i really got to tell you about this so let's hear about some of your new and noteworthy beers denny okay let's do it uh, i have five because chris was slacking off good um i i could have had 10 i drank a lot of good beer in the last two weeks but i limited it to the five that i want to talk about that i need to share with all of our listeners out there the first one i'm going to talk about is mountain mountains walking brewery and we've mentioned mountain walking uh, a few times montana, right? montana. yeah um and it just so happens last episode we had a little conversation about how i love black current right chris remember mm-hmm. that mm-hmm, i do and this one is called uh sweets black current cheesecake fruited sour now honestly i am i mean i en- i kind of enjoy these fruited sours but i'm also I'm kind of getting tired of the gimmicky. You're getting burnt out on yeah. them. <laughs> but <laughs> Me too. when I saw Black Current, as soon as I see Black Current, I'm like, oh, I got to have it. I love Black Current. And in Cheesecake, I'm like, oh, I'm a big fan of Cheesecake. So mm-hmm. let me see what this is. I had very low expectations that this was going to be a good beer. And then I opened it, poured it, beautiful coloring, like a really like uh, purplish uh, colored beer, mm-hmm. uh, super thick. I mean, like syrupy thick, but also very flavorful and refreshing. And it tasted like you were eating a fruit-covered cheesecake. And it was absolutely fantastic. Here's what I said on tap. I said, oh, my God, this smells just like cheesecake, tastes like cheesecake with blackcurrant syrup. And then I also mentioned in episode 187, I tell how much I love black currant. So when I saw this beer, I had to grab it. Not a huge fan of pastry beers, but this one rocks. Five. Is there lactose in it? No. Sorry. No lactose. That no la- wonderful. No, there's rating. vanilla. There was vanilla, okay. uh, black currants. There was a, a few things in it. I don't how the can I remember, but there was there was things in it, but no lactose. I don't believe there's any lactose. Hmm. Um five cap rating an incredible beer that not only did I enjoy, but Sarah just fell in love with this beer and she ended up drinking almost half of the beer in my glass. Uh-huh. Um, it was really good. Um, you know what, Chris, I think you've had some mountains walking sure and have. I've had some and I've enjoyed everything I've had from them. I know our listeners have had, uh, you know, even Jeff Seiler, I think, or, you know, people in the 
I think Jeff Seiler had some of these uh, as well. And man, I'll tell you, uh, these beers are are fantastic. I, you know what? Let me check because I think uh, Jeff might have commented. No, sorry, no, he didn't comment on that one. Okay, but yeah, sweets. It's called sweets. Black currant cheesecake fruit sour five cap rating. All right. So I want to say that the ones that I've had from them have been that sweets kind of line also. Okay. So that that sounds awfully familiar, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna I, take a peek while you're reading your next. Yeah, one. they're good. I I you don't want to have more than one, right? It's 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 heavy yeah. enough where you want to have one, enjoy it, and then move on to something lighter. And that's what I did. I went to I had this, and then I went back to my lager and drank some lagers that were nice oh, yeah. and light and yeah. and refreshing. Yeah, their peach cobbler was okay. their, was their sweets, uh, and that did have uh, toasted oats, lactose, and. Um, they used actual cobbler crumble from a local bakery called Wild Crumb. Okay, nice. And I do remember it was like it was thick. Yeah, yeah. This was thick <laughs> was too. Thick. This is super thick. Yeah. It was, but it but it wasn't off putting. It was, and it wasn't too sweet. I don't know. It was just done. It was well balanced and done really well for as much as it was. It was really really well done. All right. The next beer I'm going to talk about is one that my buddy Alex Fuchs brought back to me from Israel when he was here last last trip. It's from Hadabim Brewery. I've talked about Hadabim. Now, this is the brewery that uh, Ariel Druck worked at when he and I first met, and he brought me a bunch of beers, and we drank and got wasted, drank until the early mornings of the day, and I don't even remember getting back to the hotel room, but I somehow ended up getting to work the next day without a problem, so it, it all works out well. But this one's called the V-Mash Citra, and this is a, a session IPA, and and uh, what I wrote on Untapped about this one is, I have always enjoyed the beers from Hadabim. Glad my buddy Alex is keeping me up to date with the new one, the new offerings. Citrus with a bit of ripe mango, adding some dankness to the beer. For a session beer, this is solid. Thanks, Alex. Four and a quarter rating. Four and a quarter is a high rating for a session IPA because I don't typically like session IPAs. Uh, but this one had a... It was it wasn't too light bodied, um, it it had good flavor and it held true to what it was a you know basically a citra session but with a lot of flavor and I really enjoyed it so four and a quarter from this Israeli brewery. The next one, you asked how about those wet hop or fresh hop beers? I've had a couple that are on this list right now. The first one I'm going to talk about is from Occidental Brewing out of Portland, Oregon. It's called their Fresh Hop Pilsner, a 2021 version. Uh, really nice, earthy spice hop flavor, complementing this bready malt base for a pleasant beer. Four and a quarter rating. Uh, this, I think this is a, a fantastic use of wet hops or fresh hops in a lighter-bodied beer like a Pilsner. Mm. Uh, the Pilsner flavor was, was there with this... Very, very pleasant hop, wet hop flavor that was resting on top of that. that. So you you'd get that uh, like initial hoppiness to it, but it finished with the 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 bready notes and the the more pilsner, not bready, more cereal like notes of the uh, of the malt and stuff. And I really like this beer a lot. That's why I gave it a four and a quarter. Um, and the next one is another wet hop beer. This is from Fort George Brewery out of out of uh, Astoria, Oregon. And this is their Fresh IPA 2021 version. And this is the first fresh hop I had of the season. Now, 
I feel bad because this is by far the best fresh hop beer I've had yet this year. But I only gave it a four cap rating because it was the first one. And I was expecting to have, you know, maybe some better ones. But in reality, this is probably should be rated higher. Maybe I'll I'll change my rating. I don't know. Um, but this one had the best flavors so far in any of the uh, fresh hop beers I've had. Very nice hop flavor IPA with a bunch of different flavors. I get some grassy melon fruit and mint all mixed together, each showing up at different times. A nice change from the usual wet hop beers for cap rating. But like I said, by far, this is the best one I've had yet this year. And then the last beer I'm going to talk about is another Idaho brewery. This is from Warfield, which is out of Ketchum, Idaho, by Sun Valley. And this is the Motuti New Zealand IPA. Notice that all the beers I've talked about, have, well, no, I've, I guess I've had three IPAs and uh, one Pilsner and one Fruit of Sour. So I guess I have a variety. But this one is using New Zealand hops. And uh, I get big pineapple and melon fruit flavor with a bit of tangy character uh, as well in the finish. It's a very nice IPA, four cap rating. Uh, really enjoyed this beer as well. And there were a, a number of other four and a quarter and four cap rating beers that I rated in the last two weeks. But these are the ones I wanted to mention that I think people really need to go out and uh, search for if they can, because they're very, very well done. All right, Chris, you know what? Um, there's a, uh, a check it out thing that I'm going to save for our next episode. Yep. Um, for a couple reasons. One, because I'm only a quarter of the way through the book and I, and I, I, uh, this is a book that was, uh, that was provided to us for promotional, um, you know, through a promotion to try to get, get some words <clears throat> on it. But, uh, I, I, I want to give it, I want to read through the whole thing before I give my take on it. So by the next show, I'll have it all read, uh, and I'm going to give an honest uh, review of it, uh, tell you the highlights, you know, what, what it's good for and what it's maybe lacking, because uh, that's the way I work. I don't just butter stuff up just because I got it free, fluff it up. Uh, it'll be an honest review, but I think I'll save this for the next episode. There you go. All right, Chris. With that being said, we're going to make this a short, shorter show, and uh, now it is time to close the show out. But before we do that, I always want to give us a chance to raise a glass to someone who'd like to raise a glass to. So who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? So tonight I would like to raise a glass to uh, Florida hop growers because, well, you're giving me a reason to go on a field trip to go explore things. Um, and if you guys happen to hear this, let's talk a little further. But I, Denny, I do have a couple of people I want to reach out to to see if there's anybody out in Florida who are growing hops and things like yeah. that that might be able to get us a tour because on yeah. their website they don't they don't advertise like hey let's do a tour but the uh the brewery zephyr hills brewing company that we did the uh the founders club the volunteer work with according to the florida hop growers website zephyr hills brewing company is well is or did use hops from florida to brew their beers so I'll have to reach out to Robert and Terry, the former owners of that brewery, oh. to see if they uh, see if they uh, have any contacts there we can okay. talk to. So, nice. uh, raise a glass to them and um, anybody else? Anybody else? Off the top of my head, no, Denny. Who would you like to raise a glass to? All right, so I'll raise my glass first to our Patreon toast this week, and this is to John Carroll. Thank you for your patronage. 
Uh, we appreciate your support. And then after that, I just want to raise my glass to my buddy, Mike Blanchard, who was not able to come see me today. But I hope that we can see each other very soon on his ne- next trip through Boise. And I hope it's sooner than later because I was really looking forward to uh, to meeting up with him. So cheers to you, Mike, if you're listening. Thank you for listening. And and uh, when I do get back to Oregon, and, and I never go to Dallas because – so, okay, here's an interesting thing. So my wife is from Dallas, Oregon, and Mike is from Dallas, Oregon. They both went to high school mm. to, in the same high school. He was, Like I said before, he was – a year or two behind Sarah. I didn't go to Dallas high school. I went to fall city high school, which is a smaller town in the Hills between Dallas and the coast. Um, but, uh, but we all got, you know, we kind of mixed together because, uh, you know, he joined, you know, he, he joined the Navy and, uh, uh, was stationed on board my submarine at the same time I was, if he came a little bit later than I did. And we met up and I, I saw that he was, he, you know, he had a Dallas, uh, like knapsack at one of our training things. And I said, where, you know, where are you from? And he said, Dallas, Oregon. And that, that's just like, holy smokes, nobody's from Dallas, Oregon that I know. <laughs> so it was like a really nice thing. And, and, and we became friends. And I, uh, like I said, last time I saw him was for, was at his wedding. And so it's been way too long and I feel bad, but you know, the one good thing about being on Facebook, which I'm not really on Facebook cause I don't do anything with it except for the Man. podcast, but it does allow people to find me. And I've been reunited with people over the last few years that I've been on Facebook without me even having to try, which has been really nice. So I really appreciate that. So cheers to you, Mike. Let's meet up. And of course, as I just mentioned, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Uh, Cheers to you and come home safely to your families very soon. One more toast I want to give to I've been meaning to do this, and I keep forgetting, and now I just, re- just remembered. Uh, Johan Halberg, uh, a patron, uh, great supporter, writes into the show all the time. I have to raise my glass. To, I don't know if you've seen the, all his posts on Instagram, but he is building, some of he's building a real brewery in his yeah. shed out back. It's amazing, and he's making beer that looks absolutely delicious and crystal clear, amazing looking beers. I'm so happy for Johan and I can't wait that one day I have a, I have this gut feeling that he's going to be a, a brewer, like a real commercial brewer in Sweden. So cheers to you, Johan. Also, I, I've been meaning to do that and I forgot to, to mention that. So I just wanted to do that. Skull. Skull. All right, Chris, why don't you go ahead and raise a glass to our sponsors? Certainly can do that. Uh, in At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality, they screen print their gear by hand in their studios using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% all full price items. Okay, Chris, have you come up with the idea for the last contest? Yeah, Denny, you know what I absolutely <laughs> love what? What do you for love? people to do? How to what's do you know my favorite way for people to contact us? Voicemail. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Voicemail. Now, I think for voicemail, uh, as much as I do like it, 
Um, why should we give you this gift card? If you are uh, slightly impaired because you imbibed too heavily. <laughs> so we want drunk voicemails from all of our listeners. Which is my, which is my I guess, politically correct way of saying, have a few beers and drunk dial us. Um, let's see what happens. And you know what? Let's, let's just see what happens. Um, if it really comes down to it or we get like two, uh, we're going to take it out of our list of Patreon supporters and, you know, kick that gift card out to them. There you go. So here's, here's what we're going to do. The send us a voicemail, um, or voicemail number two zero eight five three oddly. Yeah. Two zero eight five three oddly, or, you know, it's uh it's gonna be there for you guys to win but again if we just get like one or two people who kick in a voicemail uh i'm tossing all of our patreon supporters in there too so sounds good if you're not a if you're not a patreon supporter Call our voicemail line. Leave us a voicemail. <laughs> if you are a Patreon supporter, you can still leave a voicemail. You're getting entered twice. Yep. How about that? Okay. See, yeah. there's, look, rules are happening. Yeah. So, again, it's 208-536-3359, 208-536-3359. Give us a call. Tell us why we should give you the voicemail. Uh, if it's fun and funny, card. it might increase your chances. Oh, yeah, voicemail. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have another why drink. We should give you, you another beer. <laughs> why we should give you this gift card. Let me finish. Let me hang on. Let me finish. You're still drinking the first beer. I'm drinking. I'm I'm down to my last of my third beer. You have your of your third beer of what? Of today. No, your third beer of what? Your Oktoberfest. You had what? No, your, I had the old Boise, which was how big? Sixteen ounces and of. I don't know. Probably four, four and a half. Five yeah, percent. Four. Okay, tell me about your boneyard. Boneyard is now the nice thing about Boneyard, they don't make huge IPAs. It's like probably five okay. and a half five, or six point five. Six point five. Okay. okay. Now, now tell me about your Oktoberfest. What are you at? Five or six percent on that? I one think too? it's like five and a half as well. Five point five, yeah. Let me tell you about my ten point four percent twenty-two ounce bottle here that I've been nursing along with the eight point two percent double IPA that I had from Elysian before we started. So <laughs> I'm good. Okay. I got you. I'm good. I hear you. Yeah. So guys, give us a call on our voicemail. Um, and we'll give you guys a $20 gift card to Brewer Shirts. All right. Sounds good. What was that? Yeah. And you can find the beers and the links to all those articles I mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at tapsacraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw and Chris. How can our listeners follow you? Well, you can certainly never find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, unless you are a company that I'm trying to uh, <laughs> talk shit to. Right. Uh, you can find me on also on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five, and always on everything social at tap the craft. All right. It is. Last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening, and we ask you to please tell a friend. And, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now on Amazon Podcasts, or however you listen to your podcast. As a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there 
and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. In the early days of the American colonies, Brewer's Malt was one of the first... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I went on a Brewer's Shirts tangent. Brewer's Shirts was one of the first to... Um, where'd I go? You can start over. I you can start I over. lost the, my track. Just go ahead and start reading. over it in the early days of American colonies. There it is. Yeah, in the... Uh... That's all, folks.